1: This is Andrea Schwartz again, and we're doing part two of my conversation with Nancy Wilk. Something that she and her husband, Don, are currently doing in what other people might consider retirement years, that their thrust is something quite different in an entrepreneurial sense and ways in which they can involve their family in this entrepreneurial endeavor. So tell us about that.
0: Thanks, Andrea years ago the lord had given us this entrepreneurial interest and desire and we always wanted to have a family business and as long as my kids can remember we have referred to what we called a family business ministry and we didn't know exactly where that family business ministry was going to be exactly what it would we would be doing or what the name of it would be. But as the Lord unfolded his plan for our life, a couple of years ago, my husband was working a very good job as a salaried position in a company in Pennsylvania. And he was working a lot of hours and I was at home. I had, had been a um, homeschool mom and had sort of finished that task. And we realized that those things that we valued most in this season of our life, there were too many hours that we were not really able to put our attention to those things that that we valued. So um, as we began to pray and ask God to change some things, he did. And what happened was he was offered a pension buyout which meant that he could have the money early. They said, you can have this much money now, or when you get to retirement, you can have another amount of money. And that other amount of money was really pretty small. So we looked at each other and we thought, we've been asking the Lord to give us opportunity to really live in terms of what we value. And so we just perceived this as an opportunity to begin to take action on that. So we had visited Virginia, on a family vacation, and were introduced to the town of Appomattox.
1: For those who don't know the historical significance of Appomattox, that's where, in essence, General Lee surrendered to General Grant at the courthouse there in Appomattox, virtually ending the Civil War. Correct, yes then when we had
0: this opportunity to do the pension buyout, we said, well, why not Appomattox? It was was a great little town. It was halfway between our kids in Pennsylvania and our kids in South Carolina, and it seemed to be a nice central location. So we went there, we identified a piece of property, and that piece of property was providentially located at the intersection of Church Street and Main Street and when we saw that i just knew that was the name of our that was going to be the name of our business church and Main. and so what we mean by church and Main for those with an ear to hear we get to um, say that church is not about a building but about the people called of god to apply our faith in every area of life and that as christians we believe and know that jesus is lord of all so our christianity is not just about my happy heart or what's going to happen to me after i die but god's word which is given to us to frame and inform everything that we do real christianity is one where our faith is practically applied in every area of life And so it's at that intersection that we want to work, the intersection of Church and Main, where we build and work from a biblical worldview and bring the practical application to Main Street. And so we we would ask ourselves, if we really believed God about this thing, then what would it look like how we educate our children. If we really believed God, what would it look like? How do we treat our neighbors? If we really believe God, what kind of products and services would we offer? And if we really believed God, then what would be the role of the civil government in our life? Any direction, he already has a say about that. So as believers, we think that we need to take that word seriously and do those things that he says do. And so, we learned to read Rush Dooney and the Lord began to expand our idea of stewardship. Then we looked and realized that the monies that we had been saving up for retirement, that maybe that really wasn't stewardship. The American idea of retirement is not a biblical one. The idea that you work and work and work and work and work, and then at a certain age, you stop and go play golf, or you work and work and work and work and work, doing whatever it is you need to do to build a pile of money so that afterwards you don't have to work anymore. Those are not biblical concepts. And so we had to reconsider what it means to work, to reconsider what we were saving up for, and reconsider stewardship, and recognize that it's not just about writing church check. Stewardship is certainly much bigger than that. And the recognition that we will give an account of our days and will give an account as stewards to the, the resources that God has entrusted to our care. So at Church of Maine, what we want to do is to declare the faithfulness of God to the next generation and to steward the resources He's entrusted to our care. So we think that's more than just the money that we've saved Going towards retirement, we think that it's about the work that he's given us to do, the voice that we have, the relationships that we have, and to really begin to navigate our days knowing that uh, we will give an account. And so when we were offered the buyout, we took the hit. We took the retirement money, paid the taxes, paid the penalty because even though we're not uh, retirement age, to go without penalty, we realized that, you know, we needed to shift gears. So we bought a building. It's a little two-story building, and we put an apartment in the upstairs. We have a business office upstairs. We have an education space that can also be used as a hospitality suite. Downstairs, we have 2400 feet of commercial space or retail space and downstairs we have what we call local apx market
1: okay so tell me about your apx market
0: so local apx is a food farm and artisan market we serve um, appomattox virginia and her guests and we are gathering to that space local and regional artisans We also are putting in a little cafe, so we'll be able to um, serve lunch and have a little courtyard out there for outdoor dining. We also use the space for,
1: as a small event venue. So from what you've told me, you invite homeschoolers to come in and utilize the space and invite people to come in to teach and... They teach, and other people come to learn.
0: Right, that's right. We want to connect the real learners and the real producers. We did start a Appomattox area home educators support group. You told me that you have a writers' club that comes in. We also have a monthly community potluck with land and table. That's uh, kind of the farm to table folks, and with each each month, we have a different topic. That's about healthy food and regenerative agriculture. We've done a local writer's uh, meetup and a local writer's workshop and regular uh, meetups. We do stuff with the homeschoolers. We have some co-op classes
1: for homeschoolers. So it sounds like you're a hub. You want to be a hub. You want to be known, come to the market. What's happening at the market? And from... My experience, nowadays it's very hard to find venue space. I live in California, and sometimes when you go and ask a church, can you use their space, their answer is no, if you don't belong to their church. And even if you do, sometimes the overriding concerns of liability and insurance mean it so that they will not have space available for people without a fee. And so then you're faced with renting community centers, and they're not always interested in the religious aspect of what we want to do as Christians. So to me, I actually am a little bit jealous of what you have, because you can have an idea, you can market the idea, and there's a place for people to come. Would you encourage people to do similar things in other communities as a way in which to let the light of God shine through you?
0: Yes, absolutely. Our interest in this family business ministry and the goal was that we would we would always be able to stop and talk about what's true. And so an example of that, recently a young man came into the market. He was looking for a fish tank and after I explained to him what we we were doing there, he was intrigued and began to share with me that he was raised as a Christian. He was baptized, he'd read the Bible, and had always considered himself a Christian until recently he was studying Islam because he recognized that the Christians didn't obey God and they didn't believe what the Bible said was true. And my husband and I got to spend about an hour and a half with this young man explaining to him that God's word was indeed true. Jesus is the King of Kings. And whether or not other people recognize it or not, it still doesn't get us off the hook. So changing his religion to pursue Islam wasn't the solution.
1: Right. So by identifying yourself as Christians, not being afraid of it, Obviously, the APX market is not politically correct in terms of you're going to say everybody worships the same God and all roads lead to God. It doesn't matter what you do. God loves you just for who you are, that there are no requirements on your life or anything like that. Do you find that there is strength in having the conviction to do it?
0: Oh, yes. There's strength in having the conviction to do it. And there's strength in doing it. And you know, as we've stepped out and started to do that, we have these experiences. And that young man left the market
1: without his fish tank, because you without don't sell his him. fish
0: tank, recognizing that it was the sovereignty of God, the providence of God that he had stumbled into what he thought was the wrong place. And he embraced us and thanked us for for sharing with him. There's other people that come in and, and um, we, we tell them what we're doing, and they thank us for the boldness to to say that. Because as we talk to people about the church and main concept that Jesus is Lord of all and his word is designed to frame and inform everything we do, to the man, they'll say, yes, 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 they agree. Everybody agrees that that's true. Everybody knows that's true. But we suppress that truth and unrighteousness, and we have to quit doing that. We have to not be afraid to declare the faithfulness of God. We have to not be afraid to say what's true. And in doing that, we find that we give other people the confidence
1: and the boldness to say, yes, that's right, I believe that too. And here's the thing. Too often, Christians think this is the job of the church, right? So if all I can do is get somebody to go to church, well statistically, a lot of people aren't going to church. And I have speculation as to why that is, that as we try to appeal to people, as opposed to instruct people, then we're going to water down the message because we don't want to offend them. If I want a lot of people to come, I'm not going to tell them they're a sinner. That's very unpopular. Don't tell me me I'm a sinner and then tell me there's nothing I can do about it on my own. Is there any wonder that Scripture talks about the offense of the gospel. It's very offensive. It is. You're totally responsible, and you're totally unable to do anything about it. Well, that's the bad news. Mm -hmm. The good news is Jesus Christ pays the price for those who turn from their sin. Yes. Right. And so by doing that, you are strengthening people, but you're also strengthening your own resolve that... God's word isn't going to return void, and that you don't have to wait for a church to do it, that family, kingdom-driven families, are where dominion is supposed to take place. Right, that's really where it
0: starts. I see a sense at which the family, that's the place where we have to learn that. If we don't learn it at home, if the mothers don't teach it to the children, and if we don't establish our families in terms of what God says is true, you know, in our in, in our previous conversation, you heard a little bit of about where I came from, and it's and it is because of that experience, and because God has has brought my husband and I both from lives enslaved to sin and death, without God's word being the standard, and given us the direction purpose and direction for our lives if we don't have the confidence to set up God's standard in our midst in our kitchen tables where we make the decision about what we do today how we educate our children or products and services we
1: we offer we don't look at God's Word as the standard then we're just making it up as we go along and One of the ways in which I think you and your husband are having a confirmation that this is something you're supposed to do, without going into tremendous detail, there are some Christian business people who are looking to invest in your operation there and to allow church in Maine to be a place where would-be entrepreneurs can come and be trained and work with you so they can get experience and that... A lot of these people can build their resume so they can say, I did help construct in addition to or a remodel, or I did help produce a website, or I did do some marketing work, or Mm -hmm. whatever it is, which then makes this a revolving door of people who will come, will learn, and will leave with an entrepreneurial vision for what their talents and gifts are in the location that God has placed them.
0: Right. Are you interested in Christian education? Would you like to learn how to be a Christian teacher or how to run your very own Christian school with success? The GCS Apprenticeship Program can help. Learn more on our website at gcsapprenticeship.com. Andrea, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I started homeschooling my children back in the 80s before it was legal or popular. And so I didn't know anything about homeschooling. But I knew that God's word said that educating the children was the family's responsibility. And so at this point, my husband and I look around and say, well, we don't really, we haven't ever started our own business before. We really don't know how to do this. But we know... That God's call on our life and the stewardship obligation that we have, it's unavoidable that we accept that responsibility. So in a lot of ways, I look around and think, well, you know, this is kind of homeschool for grown-ups, you know. <laughs> and so, because homeschool is not just about second grade math. It's about developing the character and training our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It's about obeying God. And none of us are perfect. None of us were raised in perfect homes. And none of us have perfect theology. But we do have to, uh, from wherever we are, no matter what's gone in the past, we have to start right now where we are and and adjust to what God says is true. That's what, that's what repentance is. is to agree with God about what He says about this thing or that thing or the next thing and change our mind about that. But the idea of retirement and the idea of ministry and the ideas of stewardship, as we've learned that our thoughts on that
1: were wrong,
0: We've been able to just
1: change our actions, and there are people, and I know some of them, and I know you know them as well, who worked their career life, and they ended up with a pension, or they ended up with uh, monies that came from 401ks or IRAs and things like that, and so they can they can live pretty comfortably. And what they've done is they've gone to other places. And started ministries, sure. putting in a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, but not expecting to get paid from those enterprises. Now, your model is slightly different. You want to get paid from this enterprise, but then have excess so that you can be faithful to your tithes and offerings according to scripture and be able to exercise Christian charity mm-hmm. and help with the education of people to know, no, You're supposed to take care of your folks. You're supposed to be responsible for your children's education. You're supposed to be able to, and responsible to, to make healthcare decisions and and making sure that your family is healthy, not just saying, oh, well, if they get sick, we have a place to go. So both models work, and I imagine there are other models as well. The important part is we're never called to stop working.
0: That's right, that's right, that's right but we did look at our skills, our skill set, and our building a business in terms of that. We would love for the whole space to be educational. So we'll work with the people that come into the market and help them bring products to market, their services to market, to educate their children, to train young people in life skills, to train young moms in
1: raising their, their children, to do book studies. Right. So you're definitely not saying everybody should open up an artisan market. You're definitely not saying everybody should real, move to a rural historic town. No. Right. But what you are saying, what I hear you saying is, don't consider by the time you are past 50 that now all productivity wanes As a matter of fact, you're better suited now than you were 30 years ago because you have life experience, you have grown in your faith, and you're better at seeing what people need. That's right. That's right. And
0: if for no other reason that we get to say to young people, don't do it that way. (laughs) Yeah, really. Been there, done that. Yeah.
1: You won't like the result.
0: Right. And there's seasons in our life. And I have finished homeschooling my children. And so as an older woman now, I am in a season to assist young women in learning to love their husbands and love their
1: children. And let's just say, the fact that the Bible calls us to do that means it must not come naturally. You
0: know, isn't that an odd thing? It it seems like an odd thing
1: that God would say
0: for older women to teach the younger women how to love their husbands. Don't they already love their husbands? Don't they already love their children? There's something about that that needs to be taught and developed and and passed down that just didn't come naturally. So it's not talking about a sentimental love. Right. But
1: a love that comes by observing God's Word. A love that says, they're driving me crazy. I have more work to do than I have the ability to do it. He's not helping me or he's upset about whatever it is. And then having an older woman say, yeah, okay. And now in the midst of all that, how are you obedient? How do you pursue obedience?
0: That's right. That's right. Because it doesn't matter if my husband is obeying God or my kids are obeying God. The question is, am I going to obey God? Right. Right. When we talk about homeschooling. One of the things that I often share with young moms is when mom sits down to the kitchen table and kid sits down to the kitchen table and there's a meltdown over the math book, the problem isn't math. And so we we get to deal with the real work of kingdom building and the real work of trusty families. That's the real work of trusty
1: families. Right. It's funny that you say that because my daughter and I had so many meltdowns over math and it's funny that my husband used to come home and he'd go oh my gosh we're at it again right and I knew she could get it and yet there was this resistance well years later I mean when she was no longer struggling with math when she had finished what she needed and she was utilizing it in the profession she was going in she said to me you know A lot of times, I think I could have gotten it, but I kept praying that God would have this be done. And he never had it be done. Why didn't he ever have it be done? And I was like, (laughs) you were spending all that time hoping this would be over when you were close to getting it? Because I thought she was close to getting it. So really, you're right. It wasn't about the algebra. It wasn't about the geometry. It was about her resistance to listen to what I was saying and my lack of observation that it wasn't about the math. Right. It was about something else. And so what an experienced mom can say is, are all those tears that are being spent worth it for that? Right. You know, right. when most people will tell you, I don't remember most of my math. I've never had to use it. So why are we fighting over that? Well, it takes somebody who's been there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So it, it so our our mistakes our errors can be turned into blessings for other people because they can benefit from not having to do it that way
0: that's right we can we can uh shorten the cycle for them and and support them so we do have the Appomattox area home educators as a support group we do we do have the space available for folks to organize co-op classes there and um, we do that, but, but we, we chose not to say home school support group. We chose to say home educators, because we do want to be building kingdom-minded families and not just bringing school home to the right. kitchen table.
1: Exactly. How do people find you?
0: Well, if they want to find us, they can find us on the Facebook at Local APX Market. They can find us at at Facebook under Church in Maine. We also have Instagram. We
1: have a website. And we have phone numbers. People can find us. (laughs) Right, right. So are you open to, if somebody says, this sounds so amazing, either how can I help you or how can you help me? get a vision for what I want to do. Are you open for people contacting you?
0: Absolutely. We would love to talk to people about this. We really we really would love to talk to people about it. We need to get out of the church box that says church or Christianity or ministry is for the professionals. It's not. It's for anybody whose life has been transformed by the power of God. You are in ministry now. You are called to God's purposes for your life. And we need to recognize that and to develop those skills and not to be bashful about saying, I belong to God. This is what God says. This is what God says we need to do. So if you have a sense of that, even just an inkling of that, I would love to talk to you. My husband would love to talk to you. Because what we're doing, let me tell you, it doesn't take a special person to do this it takes a person that says, "Oh, that's what God says. Okay, well then let's do it." It's really not rocket science. We have to we have to really look at where do we place our fear? Do we place our fear in, "Oh, I'm going to get to be old and outlive my money," or "I'm going to get to be old and not be able to play like I want to," or "this is not a politically correct
1: thing to do," or do we really fear God? Right. So I hope you have all the success you envision Thank because you. your vision is big and I think that as more people catch the vision that says wherever I am at whatever age I am it's a good time to do what's right it's a good time to serve God then he opens the doors he reveals to us what our talents are what our abilities are I think I would have a really hard time decorating a market that would be very inviting for people to come in but there are skill sets that I have that I can use to further God's kingdom, and I have. And I think for those who are interested, but maybe don't know how to find out those things, I think you'd be a very valuable person to talk to as well. Thank you, I would
0: love to do that. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to tell people about what we're doing. I think it's really exciting and and definitely um, part of God's call in our life when you look over in our direction and you see if there's anything good you just have to know that it's only because of the faithfulness of god his call our life and transforming power of his his law word we cannot neglect that we neglect it to our peril And, and uh, the scripture that we use as a reference point for a church in maine is psalm 127 and it says that unless the lord builds a house they labor in vain that build it and unless the lord watches over a city the watchmen stand guard in vain. So we don't want to, to live our lives in vain, but to be faithful stewards of the resources that God has entrusted to our care.
1: With that, I will say amen. And I look forward to the next edition of the Kingdom Driven Family. And I hope you will join me.
0: Thank you for joining Andrea Schwartz and the Kingdom Driven Family podcast. Holding up the family and self-government as a true and lasting means of transforming society. Please visit the Kingdom dot com and Reconstructionistradio. com.